Welcome back to Daily DVR. It's the Monday podcast. We're covering succession again. We're going to talk about the two part or really the first two episodes of the new season of Barry as well that dropped. I've got Mike here from One Mike. I've got Andy here again. But first, of course, let me remind you to please go to DVRpodcast.com. Check out all the awesome podcasts we do. Rabbit Hole, Yellow Jackets we're covering as well. We've done so many others. You can also support the podcast. We really appreciate all our awesome patrons keeping the lights on for us. Join in our little club. You get exclusive pods and an archive of hundreds of podcasts that we've done on different TV shows, films. For a while, I was talking about dad stuff. We had a podcast on that too. All types of shit. Go over to patreon.com slash DVR. And um, well, I guess it's time for us to introduce our guests. Um, he's here from his YouTube one Mike. He's not high, even though I am. It's Mike. <laughs> How you doing, Mike? What's up, man? Yeah, just trying to make sure that I'm of value on this podcast, so yeah. I have to stay sober. <laughs> I don't get it. I can't. I have to be high. <laughs> oh man, no! I have to be high in a lot of other aspects of life, but not this one, man. I, you, you'd never invite me on again if I tried to talk about success, <laughs> succession of all shows while high. No, it'd be terrible. All right, well, I'm <laughs> going to trust you. It hits everybody differently. That's the magic of the herb, the mother yeah. herb, baby. Um, speaking of, here's a man who could farm the mother herb if he wanted to, because he's a <laughs> farmer. His name is Andy. What's up, Andy? Uh, nothing much. I'm just, I'm happy I didn't die this morning fishing my iPhone out of the toilet, so I'd say it's a good day. Let's talk some succession. Oh, man. It took me, it took me a minute there for a minute. I was like, what the fuck would you die? Okay. <laughs> so it, just, it took me a minute, but yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, Tom. Oh, my God, Tom. This was a great episode. We're talking about, here, let's get the, uh, what was it? We're on season four, episode four, Honeymoon States. Um, where we have Which, uh, Mike and I are both currently broadcasting from honeymoon states in Michigan and Minnesota. So actually, <laughs> I don't know what your problem is. Oh, yeah. that's interesting. I didn't even make that connection. I was thinking more <laughs> that it was like they were in the it's like after the dad died. It's like the honeymoon. Well, yeah, but that, I'm, I'm referring to the line that uh, Willis says in the thing where. When he's like, we're going on a little vacation, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, oh, yes. Michigan, Minnesota. And she's like, yeah, the honeymoon states. <laughs> honeymoon states. Oh, my God. Those <laughs> two. Uh, and and him buying the uh, apartment right there on the spot. But um, let's get into it. Yeah, this episode was brilliant in that it mostly takes place just in the apartment. We've had episodes like this before. I love this goes back to just like that you know, like old time plays, like parlor stories. They're just all in the same spot. And it's really just about the emotions and the characters and the machinations. And I guess we finally have some sort of succession. Was it crossed out? Was it underlined? Um, I mean, so much happened. Mike, we haven't had John talking about succession before. I know that you cover it on One Mic, your YouTube channel. Everybody check that out. It'll be in the show notes. Um, tell us first what makes you love this show. 
just a little bit about your experience with it. And then, of course, what you thought of this particular episode. Oh, man, that's a loaded question, but I'll try to keep it brief. Um, I think my, my experience with the show has been one that is uh, has been pretty interesting. You know, I started watching it and I was like, OK, this is cool, but I don't really know where this is going. And then somewhere around. I want to say it was probably episode six of season one. I got pretty bought in on the show. Um, it might not have been six, but it was whatever episode had the uh, board meeting where Logan stood outside and and ominously stared at everyone until they voted his way. <laughs> Like whatever episode that was in season one, that was kind of when I got bought in on it. And since then, I think what I've come to love about the show is that I think th the show is written so well that it it's it's rewarding both uh, surface level and beneath the surface. Like you get a lot of interesting stuff that's happening on the screen and and all of the these these uh, shitty things that these people are doing to one another to gain leverage in the business world. But then also. There's always so much that they that is conveyed uh, in between the lines or on the script or or without being said uh, by the actors. And that works because I feel like this show has done such a great job of building out these characters that even when they're saying one thing, we know them well enough to know what they actually mean. And I think this show is now in the place where it's like really mining all of the the goodwill that they've put forth with building these characters and helping us understand who they are to where now I think, I think the best example of this was the karaoke scene in episode. I want to, what was that two? Yeah. Um, the, you are not yep. serious people that, that scene I think is the best example of, of, of what I'm talking about because I felt like in that scene, every single person in that room was saying something different than what they actually felt. And it's, it's, it's difficult to get to that point to where you could do something like that. And this show's not only done that, it it works the hell out of that. And I find that so rewarding when I'm watching it to be like, oh, man, they're doing all kinds of slick shit uh, behind the scenes, like just not what you see on the screen. And then as far as this episode goes, um, you know, I thought it was a great episode, as, as it always is. It was a bit of a come down from last week. But of course, how do you match that level of intensity? Right. But um, I really like this episode because I, I, I liked uh, how I think it danced between. Um, that space of like, how long should I mourn before I start trying to strategize and, <laughs> and, and position myself where I want to be? And it danced that fine line with almost every major character on the show in this episode. And I thought that was really cool. So that's my short version of that loaded question you asked me. Mm, good stuff. Yeah, it was a dance, wasn't it? It just kept on going back and forth. And does anyone want to look at the China? And they all rush into the other room. Um, I thought, yeah, it was really fun. What What are your, some of your thoughts on this here post Logan's toilet fishing expedition, Ando? Well, I I love this episode a lot. I was I wasn't. I, I'm not going to say I was nervous to see where they were going to go this week after last week, but I was definitely extremely. I don't know, not knowing what's going to happen next, and like you guys, we've all watched enough TV that it's pretty rare for that, for, for something like that to happen where you really have no idea what's going to happen. And I loved it. I loved how this episode, even though Logan is gone every, I mean, it was like he was still there. It was like an episode, even though the character's dead, it's like he was still there. Cause he, it seems like every character's their, their decisions are still being based on what he would have done or what he didn't do. Or, I mean, it's, it's crazy. I can't recall a TV series that's quite like that in the same way. Maybe Ned Stark, kind of. But even that was, I mean, this is, I don't know, this is just phenomenal television. 
Yeah, that's a great point, Andy. Especially at the end when they're presenting um, uh, Kendall and um, what's his name? My stoneness is now getting in my Roman. Roman. When they're presenting Kendall and Roman with the idea that, hey, maybe we can sell the public on Hugo, right? That your dad was already losing it. You guys were already in charge. And I'm sitting there like almost feeling Logan looking over all of our shoulders, <laughs> right? Like, are they really saying this? Like, because everyone was so scared of him that to even say something like that in a room, you would, they, everybody would be looking around and making sure the door is closed. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so right. it really, that was, it's a great thing that you said that Andy, because it wasn't until that point in the episode that I really realized he's really dead. Like, it's it's he was so oppressive and one of the things that struck me and i don't know how you feel about this mike but like you were talking about people trying to figure out how long the morning can go i'm surprised so many people were even pretending to be upset that this motherfucker is dead like for real because i don't know i mean maybe i just come from a different family i mean obviously i do we all do but there'd be somebody being like, quite frankly, it was about fucking time. That motherfucker ruled all of us with an iron fist and I feel free. And I was just surprised that there wasn't someone that really had that attitude that just walked in there and was like, thank God. Isn't this awesome <laughs> that this fucking asshole is dead? Like we've been waiting awesome? for him to die the whole time. You know, I, I don't know. I felt that way. <laughs> Isn't this awesome? <laughs> How could we be so lucky? Yeah, uh, but yeah, uh, yeah. I think I think part of what uh, is interesting about everyone's reactions to this is that, and I, I, I'm posing this kind of like as a question because I'm wondering if this is the case. But I've noticed it a lot throughout this show, and particularly in this season, where there's this 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 kind of like agreed upon uh, set of circumstances where everyone acknowledges that they're all full of shit, but they pretend like everyone's being upfront. Like everyone yeah. lies and bullshit mm -hmm. and says things that are uh, very blatantly not true. And instead of going, oh, you're full of shit, they all just kind of like play along with it. Like you see it in this episode with Madsen and, and like pretending like, like obviously Madsen was there, but he was trying to pull a power move by, you know, having the other guy be on the phone because he was mad that he didn't fuck, that they didn't pick up. And then, you know, like in episode one where the lady from Pierce, I forget her name. Um, well, it's probably Pierce, but like, you know, her first name. Um, Sandy. No, no, no. Um, oh, no, I'm just saying. The lady that, the, the older lady from episode one that that uh, uh, was in charge of Pierce. And they were trying to buy Pierce from her. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, anyway, but it, what I'm referring to is the scene where they arrive at her house and someone comes out and they're like, oh, yeah, she's got a headache. She needs about five minutes <laughs> to uh -huh. see if this headache is better. And yeah. Kendall's just like, all right, whatever. And like, like they do that a lot. And I think that's kind of my point here um, is when you ask, I don't understand why even anyone's even pretending that they're they're sad about Logan. I think that's why, because everyone that they are pre-programmed in within this world and within this culture to be full of shit all the fucking time. And yes, mm -hmm. they could they could be like, 
ah, fuck, fuck Logan. And then everyone's going to pretend like that was a bad thing to say, even though they probably agree with her. And like that, that just seems like how they operate. Yeah, I, I think it's come and we're going to see it, too. I mean, even the end of this episode, when we get the smirk from from Kendall and Kendall is going to basically bury his dad. I mean, you know, it's coming. So, I mean, that's, I, I think we're still going to see that and we're going to see the just epic takedown of of Logan and it's going to be brutal. And there, and I think some of it, too, they're waiting because they're also playing both games. They're not just doing the they're all there for the who gets to take over. And I want a piece of the pie thing. So I'm guessing some people are not going crazy because they don't want to get themselves ostracized right away. But I don't know. It's I think it's going to happen. It's just, we just haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I mean, I kind of felt just it was just weird. That was just weird to me because <laughs> I felt a lot of truth really coming from Kendall and his sadness and the way he approaches the sibs. And he's like, I don't know about you guys, but I'm pretty wrecked. I, you know, I haven't slept, you know, and he was, I felt like, okay, look, like we've come to know this guy. He's a fucking rich prick, but he's trying, he seems to be kind of trying, you know, to at least live his quote unquote emotional truth, you know, however fake that is because he still doesn't understand the power or who he is or how he could actually be like helping other human beings or doing something worthwhile with his life. But besides that, he's kind of trying, <laughs> right? Um, and I just, I, I guess I would like that you mention that little smirk at the end because I haven't really wanted anyone to fuck shit up on this show before. Like I was never really <laughs> cheering for Kendall to get the company or any of them, Shiv, any of them to get the Rome. And I really, cause I kind of want the company to go under cause they all suck, but that little smile there. And there was a quote that I read from Jeremy strong where he said, um, if you thought that something like, if you thought that Kendall that things got weird before this is this is going to get really dark for Kendall and i was like okay now i get it cuz he was like what did he say he's like or um i could pull out the uh what strap on. the strap on for you <laughs> and hugo just kind of looks at him and he doesn't know what the, and then he gives him that little smile and that is a logan thing like do you think do you guys think that that's because he really is he free now that he does he realize his dad's dead or is it that he thinks he was chosen at some point and like finally he can say to himself my dad loved me he actually uh, at least at one point i can say he chose me uh do you want to go first andy or? um yes yeah, sure i'll go first i think it's i think it, it's probably both i and i i think that uh I don't know. I that quote you said, Jeremy Strong said that you just talked about, has me thinking the where it's going to get dark. That's I hadn't heard that quote before, but I also have this feeling too. It's kind of a side to that question that you have. We talked about this, and I think the one of the first episodes we did where we covered this. And every time he Ken has had any type of success, he usually self destructs. And mm, I think yeah. it's going to happen again this time. I just don't know how. So I don't know. That was no that's shit. another side answer, but yeah, definitely. So what do you think there, Mike? Um, so I also think it's interesting that Axel mentioned that quote 
from uh, Jeremy Strong because I hadn't heard that either. And I had I kind of developed this isn't a theorizing kind of show, but I kind of developed a theory about this. And it wasn't something I wasn't trying to develop a theory or anything like that. But <laughs> when I was preparing uh, to do my uh, video for it, I, while I was like kind of like formulating my notes, I thought, holy shit, what if? So um, the, the reason why I think it's interesting that you mentioned this dark turn that, that Jeremy Strong mentioned is because I wanted to raise the question of, do you think it's a possibility that Kendall would have the access and ability to write his own, underline his own name on that document? Hmm. So... The That's, reason yeah. I ask, the reason I ask is one, I do feel like he would have that, like, like say Logan has that information in a safe or something. I feel like Kendall would have the ability to access that document. Um, two, they pointed out that it was written in pencil and didn't have a date. <laughs> and, and then also, I, and that sounds like something Kendall would do. Like Logan would fucking write, you know, Logan's uh, has the business acumen. He's brilliant. I feel like Logan would have wrote it in pen and put a date, put his initials or some shit. If you're a fuck all like Kendall, you're going to go in there and you're going to under sloppily underline your name with a pencil and leave. So like that, that's, that's and what they, that's, they said. It had been there a while too. So he could have done, he didn't, didn't have access recently, but he would have at some point, I'm sure. Right. And then also when you got, when he talked about things getting dark for him and all this kind of stuff, I thought like this move for Kendall, if, if you, if you, if you, Think of the idea that maybe he wrote his own name on there. You'll look at his actions in this episode through a different lens, like how he keeps harping on the piece of paper. It's like, yes, you think, oh, it's Kendall. Of course, he's going to harp on the thing that makes him be the guy and that's mm -hmm. you know at the forefront. But also, if that's if he did that intentionally for this purpose, he's, of course, going to want to consistently call attention to it. And then like the again, the smirk at the end and, and granted the smirk, like, you know, the mention of the strap on was a callback to to the opening scene <laughs> yeah, where, with, with Hugo. Where, where Hugo saying that to his daughter and that informs us that Kendall did in fact hear that conversation whereas it kind of looked like Kendall wasn't really paying attention but like the smile and, and the idea of uh, Axel's question of like does he believe that his father really chose him and all this kind of shit I feel like if my theory or guess is accurate which I don't even want to call it a theory more of a guess like looking at his behavior in there it it comes off more like this is my opportunity. Like, like now I can I can be the person who I've always wanted to be. Since day one, season one, episode one, he's thought that he's the right person to run the company. And his father has always thwarted that. Now his father's gone. He's able to take, you know, take this shit into his own hands. He probably he could have wrote his name on that fucking paper long time ago, setting himself well, up for for this moment, theoretically. And then now he ends up in a position to where he can now take advantage of the fact that his father's gone and manipulate everybody else. And I, I don't know. I just kind of feel like I'm, I'm not saying I think that's what it is. I'm just saying the thought occurred to me. And then like the only hang up that I had on it was I, I, I have no way of knowing for sure that Kendall would have any access to these documents. But yeah, I, I'm sorry. I, I went on a little long. There, no, that's no, I that's to... fine. I do want to say, though, the name is typed. It's just penciled, underlined, or crossed through. And I sent a picture right. of it to you guys oh, in the I, chat. What did I say? Um, what, uh, I mean, I, I said underlined, right? Right. But the name itself is still typed part of the letter. So, oh, right. You're right. You're right. So, yeah. I, I, well, we don't see the whole rest of the. Well, you do. Like I put whole... a picture of it for you oh. in the chat. 
Um, uh, you yeah, could, you can't really make out most of the other words though. Yeah. So it's and then there's really... another screenshot when it's on oh, his right. cell phone and he's zooming yeah, in you on can it. See yep. a little, you can see a little bit yeah. more words on the cell phone shot. Right. But like, yeah, what I was gonna get at is like, yes, you could. I, I thought I noted also that it was typed out and that you know that doesn't change anything. But I didn't know what else was on there, so he could have just had a list of his kids. There was like, though. You're right because after the typed part. There are pencil. Th- this is where the minutia of this dumb show. Get, well, it's not a dumb show, but you know what I mean. <laughs> it's it. They say it many times. Like it's written first. There's a typed part. Then there's some written notes, and also it seems when he wrote those other pencil notes after, right? Which is also when he wrote Greg. Causing yeah, with a question Greg mark. With a question mark. Yeah. <laughs> he t- is when he crossed out or or underlined Kendall Logan Roy. Um, so I think that that's that's kind of interesting. Regardless, your for your theory, I would have to say I I don't feel like the show's telling us that, right? Like I don't I don't think he's. I mean, maybe he could have got into the house. We had the whole thing where she didn't want to let Willa upstairs. So that could be a clue to like where certain people are allowed or something. You know what I'm saying? Because she was looking for something too, right? There we do have that. That could be a little bit of a hint in the writing, but I didn't see anywhere else. I mean, it when he was looking on the phone, there was an emotion. There was a look in his face of like a little kid. Like, does daddy love me? Did he underline me or did he cross <laughs> me out? You and know, see, when I saw, when I saw that scene, I had that same thought. And then when, when the theory popped into my head and then you guys also, when you mentioned about him smiling at the end, it made me think like, okay. And well, I thought this before you guys mentioned that, but it made me wonder if he was less looking at it. Like, Oh, my dad, possibly loved me oh, and underlined did I trick my name him. and more like yes and did more I like i can't him. believe i pulled this shit off like that's well uh, it look the same way that's why i'm like uh-huh. every time i think of something i'm like oh well but you know what it's you know? an interesting idea regardless i think the emotion is the same right which is i agree yes. i agree with you that kendall is a type of person and we all know people like this in our lives who will be down and out at the bottom of the fucking barrel. And as soon as one tiny, tiny little ray of hope is shown on them, they are the most (laughs) arrogant, like, I was never down. I never needed anyone. I'm strong. Like, you know, posting shit, posting inspirational bullshit on Facebook or something. You know what I'm talking about. We've all seen it. So that's kind of how Kendall is, right? And, and I mean, I think it's because he has some severe mental health issues with depression, anxiety. He has he's abuses all types of drugs and alcohol, sex, everything, right? Like the guy is really fucked up. So I think either way, it comes across the same way. And I it returns me to my thing when I saw it, which is, I like I said, I've never wanted anyone to really kind of fuck shit up on this show, but now I'm kind of rooting for him to be a total asshole and ruin it for everybody because I think that's what he's going to do. That little smile and then the music starts up, right? And it gets really kind of like, 
don't. It's like a march. Like shit's popping now because he's not only fucking over his dad. He's fucking over Roman and Shiv, who was supposed to be in the room whenever and, anything is decided, right? You know, I've, I've had some thoughts about that, too. And part of the, like, the, that, and it brought it back to me when you said the, the same quote about the darkness coming for him. I think he's he's in for a world of hurt because we already know, I mean, they've mentioned the election and the president is near, or the candidate is nearby and everything. I think we're going to see that guy soon. Shiv, we know, has a connection to that with her politics and I think Kendall's already forgotten that he told his siblings about the wedding thing last year where the guy got killed. Shiv is pissed off at him. Why will Shiv not Shiv not burn his ass down? Andy, I forgot about that. And you know what? Colin wears jeans (laughs) (laughs) and he's got a kid. So why did they they say he looked like (laughs) Uh, a dog without a human? (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. And then the dog arrived. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. it's a good service. Yeah, but that I think why why that call out to Colin? That's a great one. Anytime you see Colin right in this show, what is that a signal of? What Kendall did? Mm-hmm. That's what mm-hmm. Colin is. So when he shows up like that, I w- I should have thought that's great stuff there, Andy. You're right because I think that they're gonna. What was it? Um, I know this show has a lot of allusions to the Murdochs and the, um, the what, who's the other ones that you you Redstone the Redstones. And I know there was a good article this week about how fucking insane the Murdoch family is, <laughs> and how much of it they stole from, and how they're obsessed with. And they made the they made people sign like NDAs yep. with succession writers because they didn't want their real life getting onto the show. And it's a good. And the guy was on um uh on that Ringer show, Matt Bellity's show. What's that show called? I'll, I'll look it up mm-hmm. on my phone. I'm not right sure which tone that is. Talking the town. Yeah, um, the oh, guy who yep. wrote the article was on the town. I think on Friday, and that was a that was a great pod. But also, there's a lot of Shakespearean and Roman shit. And wasn't it, wasn't Caesar taken out, wasn't the thing before or that took, I, when Caesar taken out, what, wasn't he in that triumphant when they had the three rulers and in Rome? Oh, God, I don't, I'm and a little rusty I, on my Roman history. <laughs> so I, I'm pretty, I think. I'm sitting here like, you're asking the wrong fucking guy. You want to ask what the, Pistons, what the Pistons did in 1987? I, I could probably tell you, but. That Ask me about least, fucking Roman history. Fuck out of here, man. Yeah, that only. <laughs> well, I mean that. I remember that always fascinated me. Um, I'm trying to look it up if I can spell it right. I can't. But um, uh, anyway, meaning that he's kind of Caesar in a sense, or he views himself like that, right? So are the other siblings going to get together and take him out? And they easily could. Because I don't know, we haven't asked you, Mike, who do you think should take over the company? Oh, um, you know, what's funny is I've never really considered that because <laughs> like, I've, I've always I, I don't know. I've never, I've never like it's like um, uh, what's the other thing where it's like it doesn't really matter who who it is at the end. Ah, fuck. It's, it's not Game of Thrones. It's something else. But like, I, I don't know. For me, it's I've never really thought about it. I've never really. It's never really been important to me who runs the company, but now that you mention it, um, I would think that 
I mean, just being pragmatic, I think that Jerry is probably the best fit for that role. Um, but as far as, well, are you asking me what I think or what I think the show is going to do? No, what do you think? Like, if you if you had to pick, who do you think should run yeah. this? Could could actually run a company? Uh, yeah, I'd say Jerry. Um, she seems to be the most knowledgeable of the business. I think she's also been in it the longest. Um, she seems to be the most professional when she's not helping Roman jerk off. But other than that, she's <laughs> pretty professional. Um, and every, I feel like everyone else has more major flaws. I, and, and, you know, uh, this is not a tangent necessarily. It's actually putting us back on track. But I, I thought everybody made great points about um, why Shiv was not a good choice to be on the paperwork is like their top three. And then I also thought Roman made a really great case for himself. And I don't know why I thought that was compelling, but I thought that they, um, I, I, well, when it comes to Shiv, I think everything that they said about Shiv in this episode was accurate. Although I do think Shiv is like Jerry, also very fit to run this company. I just do agree with what they said about how she'd be perceived. And then I thought Roman made great points, but I think Roman's too much of a, I, well, no, I take that back. I, I feel like Roman might be a good choice as well, just because he started off as too much of a fuck off, but I feel like Roman has become someone who consistently this season, mm -hmm. I thought his suggestions have been good. His ideas have been good. His uh, desire to like, Hey, let's just do the smart thing rather than fuck over dad for no reason. And, and we know he's scared of Logan, but like, I don't know. I feel like Lo uh, Roman's made a lot of good decisions. So I don't know. I, I think I'd still stay with Jerry, but I think Roman's not a terrible choice. And I, I just think Kendall is, is, Kendall's great business-wise, but I feel like Kendall is somebody who will his personality and his way of doing things is just so off-putting that like maybe everybody would quit or like people would get sick of him or like uh -huh. I, I don't know. I just, I just feel like Kendall is he's the most knowledgeable, I think, as far as like the business and, and making these right decisions. But it's just like, man, he's so fucking douchey. Like like the way he talks and, and I don't know. He, he comes off as someone who is not as fit for the job as he actually is. Yeah, I agree with you, Mike. Um, I just, like I said, I mean, Kendall's mental, he's mentally ill. He, I think he needs, I don't think he's equipped um, emotionally to be able to separate the the family from the business, from his own life. I mean, let alone trying to be a dad or something. What Kendall needs to do is just chill out and like, like what all of these people should be doing. And another thing I wasn't surprised is that anybody's like, I'm free now. I could just like, can I have some money and I'm out? Like, I don't need to talk to any of you motherfuckers again. And I, I, the, the amount of money that they all need is ridiculous. I guess it's that insatiable filling that void within them. But um, one thing we didn't talk about was something that we talked about last week uh, and uh, with Gina which is Shiv is pregnant. I'm, I'm, you know, I didn't, I remember saying, I'm sure you can go back and check the tape. I remember saying, I didn't think this was the kind of show where they would add, add that in, but they obviously did. And I mean, they have set it up a little bit. I mean, she, yeah. she refused the champagne at the, at the party. And she, there was a few other things where there's been little hints here and there. So it's, uh, it's got, it's Tom's way back in, isn't it? He's got a golden ticket. <sighs> I don't know. I mean, it was really interesting and reframing to watch their interactions, especially the 
longer conversation on the steps when he reminds her of when they were when what he kept giving her a jacket. I can't remember what the fuck it was. And I think he even said something like, you'll regret this or yeah. don't don't regret don't do don't make this so you're going to regret it later or yeah. something i don't have the exact line but something she like was that was going to get nasty with him yep um but yeah it was interesting to see that now we don't know how long the doctor says i'll check with you again at 20 weeks um but oh i thought he said he i thought he was saying she was 20 weeks it could be like he, like I, I feel like the way like it could be I, actually I think the way it was worded it could have been either okay <laughs> your t- yeah. interpretation or mine but I feel like I I don't know for some reason I, I, I should it doesn't I, really I, matter I find the quote it doesn't but yeah. I, it doesn't matter but on my video I said that she was twenty weeks pregnant so oh, okay. it matters to me if I was inaccurate. Well, then, I think you're okay. I just, I googled it, and there's an article here from Mashable, and it says we first learned that Shiv is 20 weeks into her pregnancy. So I don't okay. trust them. I'm gonna go. I don't. Now I was like, it doesn't matter. Now I'm arguing my case, but I'm pretty sure the doctor <laughs> said check in again at 20 weeks. So you don't know how. That's why. I mean, people love trying to see how long she has not been drinking, or. But I mean, let's. The reason why I theorize this last week not like you said mike this isn't really a theory show but it's because she's pregnant in real life and they i would feel like this show would just work it into the show they wouldn't make a big deal out of it they'd just be like hey that works for the show too um tom doesn't know she's the only one that knows i don't what what are your thoughts about this mike about she being pregnant yeah Oh yeah. So, well, for starters, it kind of threw me off when I, uh, when it, when they first mentioned it because, because I, it took me a minute because I already knew that the actress was pregnant. So for a quick second, I'm like, wait, are they think, do they think that they're informing me of something here? Like I already, like, I already know she's pregnant, but, um, yeah, I, I like, like Andy said, it is like a good, a good set of, uh, circumstances for Tom. Um, but I also, I don't know. I kind of feel like Tom has other plans. Like I, uh, Tom was very sh- not shifty, but like he was very busy in this episode. And I, I don't know. There's there's a part of me that feels like Tom has his own plan that doesn't necessarily need him to be tied to Shiv. But then I also am like, well, what else? What other reason? I mean, I guess they could just roll it in just again because the actress is pregnant and nothing comes of it. But this doesn't feel like a show where they introduce something that's that's that important of a of a factor or or attribute and then just be like, yeah, it doesn't matter. You <laughs> like, know, I, the, I don't know. The no. way I the way I saw the stuff with Tom was that I I thought I saw Tom is like trying to play every side, looking for yes, his way in. Me too. He was yes. he was talking to everybody and trying to be friendly with them and all. And all. that was how I took that with Tom. So I'm I, I'm assuming this way. When he finds out that the baby, I mean, I'm assuming the baby is his. When he it's finds that change. out, he's gonna, yeah. yeah. And you know what? I I did a little more looking, and this there's a little bit better. This is from Kim Renfro, and she knows her shit. Okay, I like and she Kim. Says, she was on podcast Winterfell BTW. Yes, she says on her Yahoo article here in the opening scene of Sunday's episode, we learn Shiv is pregnant. Her doctor says the next scan is for 20 weeks. Thank you. So we don't know exactly how far along she is. There we go. Yeah, I, I was waiting, but I had the quote exactly. Thanks, it says, Davina okay. will reach out. And again, it's because I was just concerned about what I said. But it says, Davina will reach out to make an appointment for your 20-week scan. Yes. So, yes. But so, but even still, just 
give myself a little bit of leeway here. That <laughs> could still mean that she's yeah. 20 weeks. Like yeah, you don't have I to edit looked, the video, like the Mike. You don't have to edit it. Paid for tomorrow. <laughs> yes, I'm not gonna argue. Uh, like if somebody calls me on it, I, I, I'm willing to die on the hill that That's... she's 20 weeks. <laughs> I think you know, I mean I know YouTube is the wild wild west as far as the comment sections go so we'll protect you in there we'll we'll <laughs> yeah. you're, you're good by us. Yeah, I felt Tom was trying to go uh, go around to everyone and that reminds me of how everyone I mean at least I feel like I knew immediately when they started talking about the paper that it was Kendall's name because it's the next scene is is somebody going up to Kendall going hey Ken how you doing you know I just wanted to talk to you and then all of a sudden everyone's coming up to Kendall before we even knew it was his name so when they announced it I was not surprised at all because I was like of course that's why everyone was going up to Kendall it like the whole thing just changed the tone, but Tom was going up to everybody. And I think that's an interesting point. Andy is, is, is there going to be, cause Tom is, has that capacity too to go from Mr. Sad sack. I'm out in the cold. I'm your humble servant to I'm going to, I, you know, I could be the CEO, right? <laughs> so I feel like, is that going to make, is that going to crush Shiv even more? She's kind of been fucked by her. Some interpretations reading around people. I don't know how you guys interpreted. Was she really fucked by Roman and Kendall? I don't really think so because it is true. She didn't really work for the company. You know, well, so, she, she maybe wasn't really fucked, but she thinks she is. And that's what the, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's what's going to matter. Point. That's a, and, 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 and then and, is Tom going to fuck her? Yeah, and then also, I don't think she's presently fucked, but she is very likely soon to be fucked. <laughs> so, and I think she's aware of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she, she's not. We're gonna, we're saying this a lot, but she's not gonna go unfucked. Like, yeah. I, it well, just, she it's, can't it's be. Not, she can't be unfucked. She's pregnant, so she definitely right. got fucked. <laughs> right, but yeah, she's yeah, she's. Uh, I think she's she's well on her way to that. I, I just don't think. I think they they are. They no. might even be truthful right now when they're saying like, no, everything's good, but everything's mm-hmm. not gonna stay that way. It's only episode four. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it really does set the set the stage for her feeling. And then she when she fell too, I was like, oh god, the baby. You know that fucking oh, that's like a that was not nice. I have to say, as far as the writing goes, because I mean, I know we've all you know, you you see like a pregnant woman or she trips or something, and then you're like, oh, you know, like gosh, are you okay? So that was very scary, and then I think that's just kind of like a almost foreshadowing of how bad it could get for her because if she tell if. She Tom tries to get kind of close to her, but it's only because he feels out in the cold, right? And then if she tells him about the baby and then she buys into his bullshit and then she realizes he's just on the come up. Well, the thing with that, though, too, is didn't Tom want kids really bad with Shiv? He did. So when he finds out he, there's a baby on the way, Maybe. that might change his focus a little bit. <sighs> You know, if this was a different show, Andy, I'd think that it was possible that like Tom, well, <laughs> they could yeah. like go to couples therapy and work it out. And they because in the beginning, right, she crushed Tom first. Really, he really mm-hmm. wanted to marry her and have kids with her. And then she yep. came with all the bullshit on their wedding night. Oh, mm-hmm. you know, I'm having an affair. Let's fuck other people. And then he really thought 
it was there. He was, he's, he was in love with her. And I think she slowly sucked that out of him. And I think, I I think he's still in love with her though. I don't think that's changed. I think I could definitely see him becoming her right hand man. And, and like help trying to help her do all of the Tom thinks he does, but to help her, because she's, I mean, he doesn't have a leg to stand on. So I don't know. That, that's just my thought. I'm that the Tom storyline is the one that really interests me the most right now. So that was kind of why I was saying that. Interesting. Do you stuff. think? Do you guys think that the show is going to play coy with who the father is? <gasps> oh, I hadn't and do you guys feel that. definitively that? Do you guys feel definitively that Tom is the father? I, I hope they don't play coy. I hope we find out. That seems that seems too soapy. But I also said it would seem too soapy if she was pregnant. And I think the way they handled it worked. So I th- I think Tom is. It's the most likely scenario. But we know Shiv has kind of always done her own thing. So it wouldn't surprise me if they went either way. What was? And the- I, I don't think it would necessarily be too soap. Well, it, it it is soapy just like on the surface. Like okay, well, yeah. if they do it is soapy. But like I feel like the way they could play it mm. would be a thing where like. We like if we knew ahead of time, it would feel soapy. But I feel like if, if everybody, including Tom and the audience, are all blindsided by it at one time, it could mm-hmm. play well, and then it could also fuel Tom to be just completely oh. next level, like oh, yeah. way worse than he was than the the epic shit he did at the end of season three. It yeah. could fuel him to be far worse. And then this is just a side note: I did notice in the after episode three. They did one of those, uh, uh, like this season on as opposed to next week on. Ooh, and I saw the fucking guy that she was having that little thing with. What's his name? Nate, that fucking journalist. Yeah, he was but- in that. He was in that little coming up, coming up this season. Mm. And when I saw him, I'm like, why the fuck? We, what they got him use for him for still? I mean, I guess when uh. they get to the presidential shit, maybe they could, you know, they they yeah. start looping him in on some media shit. So I could, I, obviously, I could be wrong on that. I could be wrong regardless, but. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm actually I can't even say I'm wrong because I'm not making the claim that it's not Tom. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just asking you guys what you think I, about it. You know what, man? I mean, did you, do you mean the po- the guy who has worked, the guy she had the long affair with, with the politician, the political advisor? Uh, Is that who you're talking about? I could be conflate. I could be conflating a couple of people, but it was the one. I, it was that? the guy she was with the longest amount of time through season one and two. I don't know. I'm I, for some reason I'm struggling to put a face. Remember, to he worked about. with Eric Bogazian. He was the very liberal, yeah, the political advisor the, guy. He was a political advisor. Anyway, regardless, it doesn't matter. It's an interesting idea <laughs> because we know that there could have been other people, right, Mike? You bring up a good point. Yeah, right. That's enough to know that it could possibly be a question. I wonder if though. When they fell asleep on the bed there, we cut from them. I think, wasn't that episode one, the end of episode one? Yep, that was episode one. So mm-hmm. we don't know what could have happened, though It's that was very quick. That would have been too quick to know. Yeah, because this whole thing has taken place o- over a very short period of time now, right? Because this is literally like- Yeah, I think this, whole, I think this whole season has been under a week yeah, so, so far. That's, oh, it, yeah. That's um, too soon. I d- I, yes, I read a thing that said this whole season, each episode is a day. Yeah, and it's their, their their successive, right? Like this is literally yes. the next it's, day. Yes, this is yes, this is a ten day time period, and that's yeah. why in episode one, Connor says like the election is ten days away. Yeah, like I feel like we're building to oh, the election being good. the finale. I like that. Okay, cool. Yep, that makes um, sense. All right, do you guys want to chat any more about? Does anyone have anything else to say? Or do you want to chat a little Barry before we head out of here? 
Uh, yeah, we can chat a little, Barry. Okay. Yeah, I'm good. Right. Let's talk about Barry. Barry is back. The sociopathic actor, serial killer, hitman, lover, um, sad-faced motherfucker who the camera just sits there. He loves old movies. We all know this. Um, what were some of your impressions, Mike, of, um, I guess, the end of last season and how we find Barry now in prison? Uh, starting this is season this season four for Barry too right yes Yes. yeah all right what are some of your thoughts man um I love season three uh I I I love this show in general because I I think it 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 does it's not just this that it takes risk but I feel like it 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 takes risk but it also does great work with these characters and I'm just I find myself consistently intrigued by some of the decisions that this show makes and especially with the fact that bill Hader is so like just has his his hands all over this show and it 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 makes me develop a uh a very unique respect for bill Hader that i did not have prior to this show mm-hmm. uh because i wasn't I, I didn't watch snl i'm like oh bill Hader's the shit like i like the fucking what was the character that he the one character stefan yes i love stefan everyone did but like I, I you know i didn't think he was anything special but what he does on this show, he does some really remarkable stuff uh, on this show. And I thought when when Barry ended up in jail, I was kind of surprised because I thought, like, are, are they going to do like another like a whole season of him in jail or something? I'm like, if they do, do I want to see that necessarily? I feel like I don't. And then they said this was the final season and all the artwork has him in jail. And I'm like, oh, is this what they're going to do <laughs> <laughs> now? Actually, after these two episodes, I feel actually I feel like, th- like we're not going to see him in jail anymore, which is good. And then, um, yeah, as far as the first two episodes go, uh, first and foremost, I thought that they are absolutely a pair of episodes because I kind of found the first one to be a bit underwhelming. And then I watched the second one and I'm like, oh, that feels better. <laughs> like, like kind of like collectively, like if you just watch it straight mm-hmm. as an hour or so of television, it works way better. And it is mm-hmm. rather than watching like if they if they had put it out episode one and then a week later, episode two, I feel like it wouldn't have worked. It wouldn't have worked as well. But yeah, episode one and two, I thought they were a good pair. I'm really excited for what I think they've set up as far as um, these these final arcs for these characters. I really, really like what they did with Sally in these two episodes, which is shocking because I haven't really been a big fan of the Sally mm, stuff up to agree, this point. Agree. Uh, uh-huh. But but I thought I thought the Sally stuff was actually pretty good in this episode. Uh, I like the stuff with her mom. Um, I liked her um, the prison scene where she goes to visit him. I think that's an episode two. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought mm-hmm. that was really strong. And I just, I, I, I like the idea of playing around with her coming to grips with feeling, assuming she was telling the truth when she said she felt safe around him, feeling safe around someone who was actively killing people while you were feeling safe with them. And I think that, I think that's a, a fun thing to, not fun, but I think it's an interesting <laughs> thing <laughs> to kind of. Uh, really warm and fuzzy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it makes me feel like warm inside. Um <laughs> I don't know what I, I don't know how I feel about what they're doing with Hank and Cristobal. This whole uh, high end sand hustle seems like I, it seems weird, but I like um, what they're doing with Hank and how he feels about freeing ba- about how just how he feels about Barry in general. Um, I think I thought that stuff was pretty good, um, and of course, uh, as far as Barry goes. Uh, he's he continues to be com- he's always compelling. Uh, I thought the scene where he was um, punching and headbutting the wall, and then the cop comes in and the CO comes in and is like 
super like soft touch trying to talk him down he's like I'm gonna, i'll fucking kill you and your kid and your wife and like I, like i thought that was great stuff bill bill hater always goes for great shit with when he's playing barry i thought that was a great scene for him so yeah uh pretty strong i think uh opening to the season definitely what about you ando well i love barry I've always loved Barry. It's I think every season that we've done it or that that it's been out, I think it's made my top five. I think every year I just I think this season is going to do the same thing. I just absolutely love this show. It's a show for me hard for me to talk to people about or recommend because it's so weird in a lot of ways. I, I got to echo a lot of what Mike said. The Sally thing. This is the first time I can remember actually loving stuff with Sally in it. I thought that it was the most interesting she has by far ever been. I think it actually. I mean, there's a reason why. I think there's a reason why they have set this. The finale of this and Succession are going to be on the same night. They're going to be back-to-back with each other. I think there's actually a lot in common with Succession, especially in this episode. A lot of characters who have basically been fooling themselves into thinking they're one thing are finally coming to the realization that they are who they are. Like, Barry having his... Basically, when he says, I'm a cop killer, basically like Walter White admitting, I I love this. I mean, it was just... Mm -hmm. That stuff was so awesome. I love the... I mean, Hader directed every episode of this season. I mean, I've I have been a Barry ha- uh, Bill Hader fan since the beginning. I loved him in SNL. I just he's one of those actors that, like a lot of actors in Barry, actually anything they're in, I think they are good, even if it's not good. And Bill Hader is definitely that way. I love that in this episode specifically. I love that Stephen Root. I mean, basically we had a Stephen Root marathon last night because he also yes. made a nice appearance on Succession. Wasn't that weird? Yep. Yes. <laughs> like, like that felt very intentional to me. I'm like, yeah, I saw almost Succession. I'm like, I'm gonna see him again in like God, 30 minutes. This guy, the, uh, he is a ama- and and you know what the amazing thing is in both of those roles in his pocket he had his stapler. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The. Uh, I actually, I, I, uh, you got me there. I didn't see that coming. On, uh, <laughs> Thank you. on one of the ringer shows, Sean Fennessy does a interview with Bill Hader every week where they basically do a director's commentary, not a director's commentary, but it's like a half an hour, 45. I listened to about half of it this afternoon. And, um, like the actress that plays, uh, Sally's mom is actually Stephen Root's wife, which is interesting. Oh, I thought wow. they, they were, they had some, he was saying that, uh, Henry Winkler had like a cast party at his house and before they started still filming, I think it was, I think he said season three. And they they he wrote Hater wrote that part for her because he just was enamored with her at that party. Thought that was kind of cool. So it's but the uh, yeah I just I love everything about it. I love how we like I said how weird it is like the some of the transition. Hater mentioned on that interview too that like the stuff being stuck in prison. He's like okay that's boring. How do how the hell do I do the prison stuff? And st-? he's like so that's why I had the visions and the hallucinations because he's like it's a way to leave the prison with him still being in the prison. Like the the scene out in the desert with the boy or with the. Sunberry, Littleberry, I should say. And then the yeah. wedding party walks by. I mean, it was just so surreal. And I just, I don't know. I It's hard for me to string coherent thoughts together, but I just, I loved it. I don't, what did you think, Axel? Yeah, I am. I have always been up and down with Barry. Um, I'm not, I can't, I, I don't want to say I'm not a fan, but there's sometimes there's just such extreme violence and depravity in this show. That, um, and I feel like it, it just kind of, it's sometimes it's not something that I want to tune into. And I think the character of Barry is a horrible, murderous motherfucker. 
And Sally is also a self-possessed, like the worst stereotype of any actress that you could take, you know? <laughs> um, Gene Cousinow is the same way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and look what he does in this show, right? Like he tells, um, he tells our man Robert Wisdom, um, don't do any interviews. No, I would never take your daughter's name and and make something out of it. Right. And that's exactly what he's doing. Um, I feel like Sally is going to go the same way because when she sits down with her friend and is like, you know, can you get me representation? The friend's like, you're, I mean, well, unless you want to do a reality show or a podcast and make more (laughs) money than you'd ever dreamed of, You really don't have any choices. How long is it going to take Sally to start a podcast? Like Uh the next episode, she's going to be walking out of Best Buy with a microphone, you know, (laughs) challenging us, which is, I guess, what everyone does now because everyone has a podcast, right? Um, (laughs) I just think these people are horrible. Like you say, Stephen Root, he what an awful character. And Mm -hmm. now we're beginning to see the beginning of, I love the flashback stuff and the, um, I don't know. I mean, I don't like know. those like hallucination scenes? Yes, that I think yeah, they're yeah. wonderful. They're so uh, evocative and they all, they remind me of so much like Italian and French shit. And I know that Bill Hader is a huge documentary and film buff. So I think blending that stuff into it and having Noho Hank have a vision too of being chained uh, to that radiator with Barry, right? And then waking up. Oh, and and uh, what's her name? Sally does too on the plane. She sees right. the, Thank the you. fingernails of the guy she killed. Yes. And, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This like fantastical realism where, I, where you're just hallucinatory craziness, it really works. A lot of times I'm not a huge fan of that unless you go all in like lynch or something where like the whole thing is that but Mm -hmm. i think he really this show reminds me of like louis or atlanta um where it is it kind of is like an fx show right like it just reminds me of a show where they just let bill Hader create something fucking crazy and amazing (laughs) And I, I uh, had read too that he's directing this whole season. I'm, I think I like the direction it's going in. I feel like the plots are a little bit tighter within their own when, when you're following just the people. Now it's going to, you know, that's kind of how the show gets a little crazy. Cause it's like, how many times has Noho Hank been like, I love Barry? And then he's like, we have to kill Barry. Barry must die. <laughs> Right, like this is like the eighth time this has happened, and poor Crystal Ball is like, I was doing my show, and then all of a sudden you're like, mm-hmm. we have to save Barry, we have to work together. It, their love affair is so like when he's like, you can be like us, we're fucking, <laughs> <laughs> and they, they keep on purposefully shooting the one guy with the face tattoos. <laughs> like it's just really a brilliant show, and so sometimes. I watch it more less for the plot or what's going to happen to the characters because they're all terrible. Um, and just more so even like succession for the great writing, um, and acting and where this fantastic story is going to take us. I, I mean, I just think that Bill Hader is 
really got, I mean, I'm glad that the show is ending because I want to see what else he can do. And I think the guy can pretty much do anything. And I think that he could go on and he could be win freaking Academy Awards and shit for his, his writing, directing and acting, you know? Um, mm-hmm. I think this has been, and I've heard him talk about it, a been like a film school for him to really challenge himself and get better at his craft all the way around. And uh, it's really fantastic. But I guess I would have to give over these two episodes the my MVP award to Henry Winkler and Gene Cousinow because the, just every time we come back, he's like sweating more through the shirt. <laughs> and then at the end, like his hair is pulled back uh-huh. and wet. Um, I just felt it was really like he's given a master class because he's been horrible from day one, you know, (laughs) and even in the play when when he's like, Mr. Cousineau, I really want to learn to act. And he's like, I have the most popular acting class in Los Angeles. It's full. Um, It's just... That was one of the talking about that character too. The one of the things Hader had mentioned in that, and I'll just paraphrase it, but it was something to the effect of talking about the characters and specifically uh, Sally and Barry and Cousinow all basically wanted at the beginning of the series wanted to be famous, wanted to be, and now they are famous. They got ex- mm-hmm. exactly what they wanted, but not in the way that they thought they would, which I thought was interesting. And that whole thing with Cousinow when Sally comes out, I love that Sally scene yes. too when Sally confronts him, and then he's Dude, like, "I thought she we was going to kill him." Yeah, I did too. And and like the whole, we're all victims. You don't be mad at me. We were all victims. I'm like, wow, man, this is, I was not expecting that. It was, I, I just loved it. I loved the whole thing. Yeah. I, I wonder if, if Gene and Sally are going to do a podcast together. Oh, <laughs> or a reality <laughs> show together. I mean, how is this going to end? Is this going to end where Gene, Sally, Barry, and Hank are in like um, uh, a reality show all together, like they're they're new rea- they're the new like um, cast members in Big Brother or something like that. I could really see that. <laughs> I could really see that being like the a- end of the episode. But I also loved this stuff with Barry as a little kid, and I hope they get more into that, right? Because we got flashbacks and we've had involvement of his uh, army buddies, right? And what happened there, but it goes deeper than that, right? So I like the, I, I like to see what happens um, if, we, if we get extended stuff with Steven Root, uh, a younger Steven Root, maybe they'll de-age him. This, this way they just did it smart. You just see it from far away. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I, li- I really like that stuff. And, you know, I like the the far away thing, too. I like it, too, because it's also like when you have a memory from when you're a little kid, it's like you're looking at something a long ways away. So it, it, it works for the technical stuff. But I think I just like the I just I mean, I just I really love that stuff, too. Sorry, I'm just gushing over Barry for 10 minutes. But no, you know, what? <laughs> no, man, I mean, we yeah. all like that stuff, man. Like that, that was some great stuff. It, it like the, like, for instance, one of you guys mentioned the the, wet, the wedding party. I think that was the second one we see mm-hmm. like the I loved how you see the wedding party start to approach from far away. You come to realize it's a wedding party, and I'm sitting there like, "What the fuck is this? Like, what, like what's going on here?" And then the wet as the wedding party passes through, I, 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 I wasn't 100 percent sure, but that looked like older versions of Barry and it Sally was. dancing. Yeah, okay, it was. okay, good, good, good. 
It was so almost like, like it was their kid, their daughter. Yeah, that's, or that's what I took it as, yes, is it was their yes, kids. Exactly. So that's what I took it as as well. And what I thought was cool about that was how after that, that's where Barry is like, uh, where he makes his shift, where he's like, like I, I feel like originally mm. he was essentially trying to pull off almost like suicide by cop, fucking with that one guy yep. Yep. Uh, when he was in the bathroom. And now by the end of episode two, after that vision of like, hey, here's me and Sally living happily ever after while our kids while our kid gets married. He, then he's like, yeah, I'm going to take that plea deal now and I'm going to turn over everybody that I know and, <laughs> and everything's all fucked. And I thought that was like a really cool way of getting us to a place where we've seen characters get to those places before and like that was a creative way of getting barry from point a to point b and i thought that was kind of where they wanted him at and i thought that was kind of cool it's a great yeah no 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 issues gushing over uh (laughs) okay perfect perfect i really like that point mike that's great and it was because sally visited him right too like he the way that was another great scene well yeah. you know people yeah. who are obsessive or um stalky you know that it's like any attention is good attention right like mm-hmm. even if you say stay away from me they'll interpret that as oh she cares right so that's how barry sees it and i i i think i love the way too that it starts out with him as a kid and then you see the wedding party running through the dream and it transforms and becomes something else and yeah i really feel when i watch this show it kind of reminds me of like when i first started making movies on like a vhs camera or something you know like super like it, he he's just really in touch with basic like history of film stuff and and allegory and keeping things in the frame he's just really brilliant like that it just it really does feel so it it just feels creative doesn't it you know like it kind of just sparks something in your imagination while you're watching it but at the same time too i i was really i was happy in this episode that they skip the beating by the prison yeah. guard because oh, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. in the past, this show I felt has leaned a little bit too much into the violence to make a point. Like we get it, you know, I'm sure there's going to be violence in this season folks, but it doesn't always need to be there. We didn't need to see that. We, we understood the emotion. Like you were saying suicide by cop, right? We mm-hmm. saw that. We knew it. We didn't need to see him beat him. So I was happy about that. And all in all, I I I thought it was great. Yeah, I think that one of the things that I think is a benefit of Bill Hader, particularly uh, in this season, since, since he did say he directs every episode, is that it allows him to tell his story in his way. And I think that that was his way. Like, you guys talked about creativity, right? You got the... That crazy episode from season two, uh, Ronnie Lilly with oh, God. You know, that, <laughs> yeah. that crazy shit, right? You got the fucking uh, that that crazy chase scene on the the little scooter, whatever from yep. last yep. season, and then you get stuff like like we talked about with the with the the dream sequences, and even this moment right here that that Axel was talking about the the beating, like the way it kind of like had the blood start leaking before mm-hmm. you like they zoom in on his Beautiful. face the blood Thanks. start leaking yes. yeah and it's yeah. like it's like you get it like it's almost like he's accepted what's about to happen like he's like ah here it comes yeah and he just accepted it happen it, it, it's like you said 
they could have leaned into the violence part, but I think part of what you get when you have Hater directing the episodes is he goes, I could do it this way, but how could I do it creatively? Yeah. I could, uh, yep. you know, have Barry be in prison all the time, but like like Andy said, he was like, you know, this is a way I can get them out of prison creatively. And I think yeah. that when you when you when you have a a guy like him working on stuff like this, that's when you get those moments that that could be weird. I mean, I'm sorry, that could be bland or or something we've seen before and just, just finding a way to do it differently. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that that's a, one of the many places this show excels when you like talking about even that, like the small basis for creativity going into things like uh, uh, that fucking scene in episode two where uh, Cristobal and Hank are like laying out their fucking sand idea and they're walking around <laughs> that fucking table. Oh, yes. Like what? Like. And the like, cuts I, I are watch, perfect, like, well, you, right? With the motion. Yeah, I'm like, like how do you even yep. come up with this shit? Like, I, yeah. I watched that. I, re- I watched Dave that scene. And I rewound it again, and I'm like, like, how do you even? Like, you could do that scene normal. You could do it in a way that's funny. But like, just I don't know. I, I watched the shit. I'm like, how does he? He being Bill Hader. How does he come up with this kind of shit? Like that mm-hmm. scene was so wild to me. Like there were times where I felt like the table was way bigger. <laughs> like, like it, like I felt like it's surreal. Uh, yeah, like, it's like surreal. Kind of like, yeah, Hank would kind of like shoot around it, and it felt like a normal size. And then Crystal Ball would come, and he would walk at a normal p- pace, and the table felt massive. And then you got fucking Hank out of nowhere running in the opposite fucking direction for who knows what reason. <laughs> like, and I'm just watching this scene. Like, this is wild. Yeah, and like Love, I think that's lovely stuff. Just speaking of, I just wanted to speak to the creativity. Like, I just think that shit is like, you you get creativity on, on, on like i think like a basic level and then you get creativity on like a high level too and yeah that like uh, one of the one of the many things i like about this show yeah that's i was going to kind of mention the same thing when you brought that up about the, the the not seeing the blood and the just the way it's done better i think some of that is like hater has said this is my film school and it's him yeah. getting it's him getting better as we as he go he's becoming a better filmmaker and he knows you don't need that over the top gore for it because the point has been made without it and yeah he's just it's it's i think the the production and direction is getting better as we go. So it's, and his creativity, like you said, is just amazing. So he seems like the kind of guy that, that has an idea and then goes, how can I do this differently? Or can I do this differently? Is there a better way to do this? Like mm-hmm. he's never just kind of like, I'm going to do it this way. He, like, there's that, a lot that, of that homage like in that. there too. There's a lot. Yeah, of, I'm yeah, sure. I, I think that he may have borrowed that from somewhere. I think he really is a student of film history. And I I want to listen to this pod now because I would like to hear, I wish he would talk about which films and such he watched and which what inspired him for this scene or something because I really, he's deep into it. And this is, in a, I mean, this is a show about a guy who wants to be an actor, right? Like it is about the business in a sense, right? So I think that it it, it kind of it, it bleeds that all the way through. Not to be too on the nose there, but all right, gentlemen. <laughs> I, do, I do recommend oh. you listen to that podcast. I, I, I did. What I started listening to it, and see, it's called the Prestige. Is yeah, it's, on, oh, it's okay. on the Prestige I'll, I'll subscribe TV. to that. Yeah, yeah, it's on that feed, and it, it's Sean Fennessy, and he interviews Bill Hader on every episode. Okay. Yeah, so it, it's okay. yeah. I'm and gonna, it's super it's super interesting just to hear him talk about how he thinks and how what what decisions yeah. go into making the show. It's it's re- it's really interesting to hear him talk about his process. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, here I go. And, and before we end, me. I have one quick question for you guys. 
Uh, what do you guys think about the humor on both of these shows, Succession and Barry? Uh, they're both, I think, kind of mentioned as like dark comedies. I, I personally don't think comedy is the. I agree. I think I'm not say they're not good at it. They I are. Agree. I think both shows are good at it, but the, I don't no. think comedy. When I they're think dramas, show, I think yeah. both right, of these shows. Dramas. Yeah, I think both of these shows are dramas, and the best dramas are funny. Every yes, you go down say, the line. I think they're dramas, but I think they're also very fucking funny, and they have they each have moments where I'm just like, oh, like like where did this even come from? Yeah. Like I thought the table scene was great. Uh, I, I randomly I thought it was interesting how like little silly things like how Fuchs interrupted them watching Yellowstone. Like I just thought that like that was yeah. weird. Like like it just seemed like I feel like people in prison would be watching Yellowstone together. <laughs> I think I think the only reason they consider the Barry's usually considered a comedy is because it's thirty minutes and there's some stupid thing yeah. in Hollywood where they've yeah. always said if it's thirty Agreed. minutes it has to be a comedy. Agreed. Yeah, and it's yeah. because I mean I think that this is a thing that's always the. When when something is amorphous, people want to put it in a box. You know what I mean? To to give yep. it an award at Emmys or whatever. But uh, the best things have everything in them, and I think that what it is is just a great show. You know, the same thing with Succession; it can do both. Um, so, all right, gentlemen. Well, uh, I don't want to have to whip out the strap on, so I'm just going to end <laughs> the show here. And, yeah, I got uh, a I got a reservation at Dave and Buster's. I need to get to real okay. quick. So. Okay. Let's get out of here. Uh, thank you, Mike. Check him out at One Mike. Thank you, Andy. Check him out on the Yellow Jackets podcast and here all over the daily DVR, baby. Check out DVRpodcast.com. Join the Patreon, patreon.com slash DVR. Thank you to all of those folks. And thank you for listening, everyone. Have a great day. Peace out.